Hey guys, I'm Alicia Tova and welcome to The Freelance Hustle, a podcast for go-getters. Each week, I'll be sharing pieces of my story along with fellow hustlers so you can run your business like a pro. On today's episode, we are joined with Shalise Michael of Shalise Michael Photography. She's based in Brooklyn, New York, and is a wedding photographer who's been in the biz for almost 10 years. Shalise is the first person I went to when I was really seriously considering this as a career path. My good friend had made the introduction said I might be able to learn a thing or two from her, and I reached out. It's been almost now five years since I've known Shalise, and she's been such an integral part of my business along the way. She not only has mentored me, I have spent countless hours on her website and meeting with her associates and have building relationships within her own community. And I've just felt so lucky that she's allowed me to be in her inner circle and learn from her. And I'm trying to do the same now for people who are reaching out to me. And it's hard. I can't go to coffee with everyone and I I can't have everyone shadow me on shoots, but I do know how impactful it can be when you are helping out another photographer who is just eager eager to learn and eager to grow. And I feel like that's where I was five years ago when I met Chalice and I owe a lot to this woman. So I'm extremely excited to have her on the podcast and I hope you guys enjoy too. So I want to start with your background and how you got into photography. So the background of how I actually got involved was at the time I was an esthetician and just doing the esthetician thing. And one of my girlfriends came over to hand deliver a portrait she had professionally taken of her. And it was like her pregnancy photos. And when she brought the photo to me, like we're getting ready to go to lunch and she handed it to me. And it really threw me off because she is a kind of punk rock girl, earrings, like lip piercing tattoos, really dark hair, you know. And when she delivered the photo to me or gave it to me, I should say, it was her in like a pea coat with a daisy on her belly. Like it was really contrived. And I was like, girl, who is this? Yeah. Like, what did they do to you? And she just laughed and she was like, I don't know. Like, it's just, I don't know. How you know but, but also I was like, wow, this is also really pretty. Like technically I was like, how did they get that blurry background. You know, I didn't understand any of it, but I was literally in that moment, I was like, I could do this in a way that I can photograph people for who they are and not make this Mm. contrived thing. So I was a little pissed that she did this to my friend. Yeah. I was like, she should be photographing you in like a Smashing Pumpkins t-shirt, like in ripped jeans. Like what's going on here? So seriously, that moment, I just was like, I'm going to become a photographer and do this. So I got a camera, a little rebel and just started photographing all my friends. And they were all so excited about me doing it. And I quickly just learned that I had a really good way with making people feel really comfortable Mm. in front of me. And I really just wanted them to be them. And I made it, I let them know that that's what was going to happen, that it wasn't going to be this like set up thing. So it was really fun, experimental time in my life. And that's like right when I met Mike. And then from there, I started doing portrait work. And back in the West, it's really common that you can make a living being like a portrait photographer for like, you know, even seniors, like senior pictures and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. I just started practicing on people. And then some girl hit me up on MySpace. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't even know where she came from. She wasn't in my top eight. I don't know who she was. But she (laughs) hit me up, was like, hey, I like your photos. I found you on MySpace. And will you take shoot my wedding? 
And I was just like, holy crap. Uh, sure. I've never done that before. So oh, wow. I'll do it for a few hundred bucks, you know, mm-hmm. similar to like your story. I think you had the same sitch, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I've never heard the story about the pregnancy photo. That's, <laughs> that's amazing. I Yeah. And I still have that picture. It's at my office. Like oh. it is like, this is why. Um, wow. Yeah. So I shot the wedding. It was so fun. I was so under the adrenaline. Like I wasn't scared. I was excited. I was just extremely fearless with it and just did whatever I wanted. I took so many risks and I had a great time. And from there, I was like, this is what I want to do because I like the adrenaline so much. What I love so much about you and what I've truly admired about you for so many years is your work just stands out. I, it's unexplainable to me, but honestly, you are one of my biggest inspirations for photography. And you were the first person where I went to your website and I was like, wow, this girl is doing something different. I couldn't even explain it. I just want to know a little bit more about your work and why you think it has made you so successful, because I think it's just so unique and it stands out to me so much. Well, thank you so much. I mean, that's such a compliment. I really appreciate hearing that. And I feel like every photographer has their people, you know, in the beginning Mm -hmm. that they just up to. And I had mine and it's so cool to be yours. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you. This is one of your questions that that came up and it's a tough one, sort of, because it's hard to look at yourself on the outside and it's almost like describing your work, right? Mm -hmm. But I feel like it's just the reason we became successful is because we we really like what we do. We love it and we get bored easily. Mm-hmm. So we're constantly challenging ourselves to do something different. We we just get so bored with ourselves. Yeah. And I think that when you get bored with yourself and you push yourself to try new things or just a new technique and give yourself permission to do it on the wedding day and just not really worry about what the client's going to think because they're going to love it. Everybody mm-hmm. wants something different. I think that's really what has kept us in our own little path of looking a little different. And I I see it even in like your lens choices and shots that are so black and white for people, the go-to shots. You are the only people that I've seen that just have a completely different perspective on those photos. And I think what's so cool about you guys and your work is you stay so open-minded to like what the possibilities are of a shot being not a shot that people have seen before. Like I assume that when your clients receive their photos, they're just so surprised, blown (laughs) away. (laughs) I hope so. You know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I do find myself a lot at at weddings in the moment when we're doing portraits, like, hey, I'm going to try this out. It may Mm -hmm. not work, but like, let's see what happens. And I have no problem saying that. And I think that that's where it comes into, you know, a lot of people are afraid to admit that they don't know what they're doing Mm -hmm. in the moment. Mm -hmm. And it's like, hey guys, let's like, I don't know, this might work, this might suck. That's literally what I say. And they're like, all right, cool. Mm -hmm. Like my couples are just game. And as long as you educate them that they're part of it and that education for me comes with the portrait session. I do that portrait session with them and they start learning that I'm like going to try something and it might or might not work. So that on the wedding day, it's not so shocking. (laughs) Yeah, a portrait session for people listening, it's your like version of engagement photos, right? It is my version of engagement photos. Photos. Okay. Um, I, I just don't like that term anymore. It's, yeah. There's like a bad cloud about it of being really cliche. And, you know, I, I understand why.
How do you mentally prepare before shoots and even on the flip side, wind down? I always show up an hour before I'm supposed to be there. That's kind of my scouting, but it does help me to like just get a grasp of the light, the day, the surroundings. I might think that a venue, you know, I might have this image of a venue in my head and be like, oh, I'm going to do this. But then when you get there, like the florists may be using that as a room to hold all their stuff. Like I've seen that happen before. So I always get there earlier than I think I should just because I like to have that time. And that really helps me mentally prepare for like all the things that I want to do that day, Mm -hmm. whether it's family photos or portraits of the couple. And a lot of times, you know, those things don't pan out. They don't work out because of timing, but the client doesn't know that, but I know it. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm prepared when it's thrown at me or when I have the time to do it. And if it's a venue I've shot at before, I definitely want to try even harder to make it a little different. So I think it's important to push yourself further, especially when you've shot at a place multiple times, like go a completely different direction, go on a walk. So that's my my pregame thing. And then when I get home from every wedding, Mike and I are very good about dropping our gear. I'll either take a long bath because it feels so good, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but we stretch Mm. after every wedding for like an hour. We like light candles in our living room, play vinyl records, lay on the rug. Like our living room is very ruggy because we want to stretch and we'll just stretch for an hour before we go to bed. And it is like night and day the way we feel uh, the next day, like stretching. And yeah, and then we just sleep really well. I relate a lot to what you were saying too about shooting at a venue the same time because I struggle with that a lot too. And just keeping my mind open so that I don't see myself repeating the same photos over and over again. And that's why I was interested in even asking you how you mentally prepare because I feel like, again, that's something you do so well and that you don't seem to have this quote unquote shot list where it's like you have the same photos over and over and over again. You're constantly switching it up. And I think for me, what I try to do with that is just stay creatively open. And I stress that a lot too with other photographers. It's like, don't look on Instagram 15 minutes before your shoot. Maybe try meditating or try stepping out from the wall when you assume all you're going to do is like shoot them on a wall. Yeah, I've just I was curious as to like if the process holds sacred to you or if it doesn't. Absolutely. I also feel responsible. Like I know that this client is looking at my blog and has been for the past year, you know, as they hired me and if I've shot at their venue before or if they came across a blog post that of their venue that I had shot, I don't want them to feel that I'm just giving them a repeat product of what they saw on so-and-so's blog post. So to me, it's really important to not copy myself. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard to stay creatively open. I think the longer I'm doing this, the more I realize that. Yeah, and one thing that we've done is if we're getting a lot of inquiries for one particular venue, we'll take a break from it. We'll know like, hey, it's because it's not fair to the client. I feel that if we're oversaturating ourselves with it, that we're going to fall into a pit hole of repeating somehow and not just for them, but even for us, like we're going to feel like, oh, this place again, or like, I'm uninspired. So we'll take a little break from it or like, you know, I'll say I'm not available, but offer Mike or Danny, that kind of thing where we'll kind of purposefully switch it up. Yeah. 
Speaking of Mike and Danny, can you talk a little bit about your team and your journey and finding associates and keeping associates and changing associates? I think a lot of people listening to this podcast, half of them are either in phase one where they're trying to get off the ground and grow their business and like get that first wedding client or those first 10 wedding clients. And then I think another portion of them are kind of in that phase two or three where it's like, okay, I've hit my stride. How do I grow from here? And do I need to grow from here? Yeah, it's a huge topic. And we have some news news about that coming up soon. Um, oh, nice. About teaching it. So first of all, Michael is my partner, my husband. We've been in doing the wedding since day one in New York together. So right when we moved to New York, I had only shot like three weddings and I invited him to shoot one with me because I was like, I need I need help. I bet you'd be good. And he, was, he knew how to work a camera. He's a photographer as well. He shot it with me. He's like, this is just too fun. Like I'm in. And so the rest is history. We just kind of went from there. And then over the years, you know, we have had consistently a crew of people working for us for I want to say seven or eight years now. And oh gosh, it's wonderful, but it is really, it's another job. You have to have the type of personality that is really patient, willing to teach and watch this person grow with you and they're not just going to roll up and make you a bunch of money. It's more of a long-term game plan and there's a lot to it, but I I absolutely love it. Like we love watching Danny grow and he just gets better and better and like when you critique him, he just gets better and better and it's just really exciting for us to see it. I think that one of the most important things to anybody who's considering to make that jump is to having your fundamentals in place first. And those are admin. So I wouldn't suggest doing something like this unless you actually have hired an admin person because that person has... Like our, our girl is Amber and she just... She keeps it all grounded. She answers all the inquiries. She puts up all the meetings for Danny and communication and contracts and all these things go to place that I would have to do double the amount of work. So basically multiply yourself by two in terms of all the admin you're already doing for yourself if you're doing it for yourself, because that's what's going to happen. So if you have somebody there to take that on, not only for you yourself, but also this team you're about to grow, it's going to be way easier for you to manage because you're already going to have to manage them creatively coaching them, critiquing them. How, I mean, I'm sure there's so much that goes into like seeing the potential in someone because that's definitely a stage where I'll meet people for coffee, let's say similar to what you and I did, you know, back a few years. And yeah, it's hard to see like who has the potential. Like what have you seen in your associates that you're like, okay, they might need some coaching. They might, it might take them a few years to get them to hit their stride, but like I see something in them. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like they need to just be really excited to work for your your brand and your company. And if you could see that they really are excited about work, yeah. working for your company, then there's something there versus like, hi, I just want to come in. I feel like I, I could tell when somebody just wants to come in just to like learn from us and move on. It's very obvious. When you have somebody come in and it's like, holy crap, I love you guys. This is so exciting. I want to be part of this. It's very obvious. So that's one thing. But the second, the hardest is finding someone that's just really good and yeah. really technically already there and all they need to 
do is go. I find that you can't really train people to shoot like you or like myself. I don't want that. I just want a shooter that complements our brand and has the same values and approach to photography and, you know, similar art direction and how to do portraits. But at the end of the day, like they need to be them and be their own photographers as long as it complements our brand and we're good to go. But can't really train somebody how to shoot totally differently. I imagine it takes up a lot of your almost like admin headspace. And I'm sure as you've grown and as you've evolved, maybe you've shifted from the creative focus to more of the admin focus. But do you enjoy running a business more or do you enjoy making art more? Or do you think that there's this like symbiotic balance that everyone needs to have in order to be successful? I think that I definitely like both equally. Um, I like the creative more, but as we've been in business for 10 years now, I never thought I would enjoy the business part of it. But once you get into it and start seeing what's working and like analytics totally excite me now, I'm into it. I'm really into communication and I really like knowing everything about my business, how the money works, you know, taxes, like the whole thing. Like I want to know everything about this thing. Yeah. So I think it's really something I actually do enjoy, but I'm also good at knowing to hire people to help Mm -hmm. me. So we have a full-time studio manager. We have a tax planner, accountants, all these people. And those came with time. You know, those are like, hey, I need to afford this because I hate doing QuickBooks. I hate it. But it is very important that I know how it works. So I think that everybody should at least dive in and figure that shit out. And then when you know you hate something, (laughs) it's eating up your time, like hire someone to do it. Knowing when to fire yourself is really important. Yeah. That's why I think the episodes where my accountant comes in, like I think that's why it's one of the highest listened to episodes. It's because people don't want to face it, but they know they need to. And I think everyone's so focused on the creative part. But I think what gets gets me almost more jazzed up is the business part because if you're not a good business owner you're you're really not going to be successful and I think you are a great business owner and that's probably in part why you guys have done so well for yourselves I I think so too I have come across many you know other colleagues of mine that they just don't do things that they should and they wallow in it like I don't know why I'm not getting business it's like well you're not doing this or this like what do you expect you know just because you're don't use that artist card of being like I just want to create like no you want to own your own business and (laughs) that business is creating but you gotta wear a lot of hats to do it oh everybody does yes 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 I want to pivot for a second because I admire so many things about you and your company and your work, but I really love how you guys incorporate film into your business and into your portfolio. And there's, I can count so many ways as to why myself along with others are really inspired by your work, but I'd love to just hear more about your process as to like why you thought it was important to incorporate film and how that plays a role in getting the clients that you guys get, which seem like awesome individuals. Thank you. So we've been shooting film all of our lives. I mean, that's something that Mike and I both grew up shooting. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things that came along with that boredom. Like, hey, what can I do that's fun? That's going to feed my soul a little more at work. So digital is cool, easy. I can shoot that easily. But why don't we just bring a roll of film and see what happens? And the way we started doing it a few years ago was we didn't tell the client we're bringing film. 
You know, we just were shooting it on our own dime. And because of that, it gave us freedom to shoot however we wanted. And by that, I mean, like we were manipulating our film. We were doing really weird shit to it, shooting all kinds of weird ass cameras. We just didn't want it to be like a point and shoot, like one frame. We, we wanted to have fun. And so, you know, there is an excitement that we feel dropping the film off, picking it up and like seeing what happened, you know, because it was always such a mystery because we were going pretty out there with what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And so putting that up just felt really good. It's like, cool, we're creating something strange and having fun with it and tweaking it. And then it has started appealing to certain kinds of clients. They're like, whoa, this is cool. This is like more art. I could hang this on my wall and it won't feel like a wedding picture, but it is. So we started, we sell it. We've been doing it this whole time for years and pull as well. And I find that it's, you know, film has definitely been making like it's come back in a, yeah, for sure. Like it's been back for everybody, but very big in like social media. I don't know. It's just out there. So we're getting a lot more inquiries now specifically for our film because we shoot by millimeter film and we Mm -hmm. have the portfolio of it that's been going for so long. So I'm super freaking pumped about it. So excited that it's becoming more accessible and people want more but yeah it just really comes down to like take some film with you and shoot it and Mm -hmm. just have fun with it see what happens and I think you're shifting the way that wedding albums have like now been contrived of like how they should look and I think a lot of photographers that I've seen get really nervous that like they're not gonna deliver the expected photos for all of their clients and what I urge at least my friends here in Chicago to do is like explore a little bit more of your craft and your art and maybe do that with your friends and on your own time and just see like what else you can think of outside the box and how you can bring that into your brand so that your company doesn't look like every single other Midwest photographer's website out there. There's a lot of overlap in this city. So I just want more Shalises to come over here. And I hope people walk away from this being inspired as to like, yeah, I have my voice. It's a unique one. It's cool. I want to lean into that. And so that's why I'm just like excited to have you on and for people to check out your work and realize, yeah, like not everyone shoots at like a 1.4 aperture and has heads <laughs> holding each other close. Like there's so many interpretations that you can do with it and you're just one of them. Thank you. Yeah, that's funny. You said 1.4. We're like literally almost every photographer that ever joined our team, we had to untrain them. Yeah, We're you're like, like 2.8. You, you can't fucking do that. Like, yeah. <laughs> you can't take family photos at 2.8. Like what are you doing? There's 20 people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think where it really comes down to is like, first of all, yeah, we're all very like, okay, this is the protocol. You need this shot, this shot. This is what a blog post looks like. So you have to have this, 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 this. And that shit drives me crazy. What we'll do is we'll literally have like a family meeting, our crew. I remember this a few years ago, seven or eight years ago. I was like, listen, you guys, we're not doing this like tapping on the shoulder shit ever again. Like, you know, the first look, the shot. Like if I see that from anybody, you're out of here. Like, (laughs) let's... Let's just all make a decision. We're not going to do that anymore. Okay. And everyone's like, cool. You know, so it's like things like that, where it's like, we're just not going to do that because it feels contrived to us or, you know, whatever it was. And then it morphed into other things. Like I personally don't like taking photos of a dress hanging up in a window. It takes too long to figure out. A lot of times these windowsills are disgusting and dirty, or you might break something in a hotel room, like a chandelier. Like it's just spending so much time with this dress. And it's like, why am I doing this? Yeah. It should be on her. It 
dress looks better on a person. So we consciously like stopped posting photos of dress shots hanging up anywhere. And slowly but surely, a lot of our couples would come into meetings being like, I'm so happy I don't see any dress shots or shoe shots on your blog. Like, I don't care about that stuff. I care about people. Yeah. And so I was like, cool, this is working. This is like yeah. that business part I love where I'm like, see, yes. this works. Yes. And then it turns into a conversation in the meeting. It's like, cool. Yeah. We don't really focus on that. But if you want it, mm-hmm. we'll do it. But it's not in the major focal point. But like, I still take pictures of dresses when I'm like, damn, that's pretty detail. I want that. Like I will go for it, but it's not on my like must have list. So, so you know what I mean? It's like, it's there and I'm like, wow, this is beautiful. I'm going to shoot it, but it's not, it's not a must have. Yeah. Well, and that's why I think it goes back to being creatively aware and creatively sound. And that's something you have always just tapped into. And I think fear maybe takes over some photographers again of like, oh, but the client's going to be mad if I don't get this. And um, I think it's, a really beautiful philosophy, how you approach your work and how you show up and you hold those values to yourself. And so you're shooting what is beautiful to your eye, not what is on this made up shot list. Um, It's really cool. Yeah. And it also just comes with, again, like people communicating in meetings, Mm. you know, that this is what I aim for. I'm not really into doing I'll photograph those things if you want, but it's not my focal point. You know, that way it kind of gives you like, you don't have to do it Mm -hmm. unless they ask me to. Obviously from the outside world, it seems like you have made it. You're a thriving business owner. You are successful. Was there ever a time in your 10 years of business that you just felt either creatively stuck or nervous about where your business was headed or just doubts in your mind about the overall process of being a freelancer? I gotta say, I just never got too dark into that hole. I think everybody goes through it like every season it's like why don't I have enough weddings next year like you know am I charging too much or I feel like we all go through these little moments of just uncertainty of will we have enough next year and I just really believe in like positive thinking and looking ahead in a good way because that kind of thought would would bring me down so fortunately I didn't really get too caught up in that world within myself I should say yeah (laughs) but the first year in New York in business I did spend way too much time looking at other photographers websites that I was like holy shit enamored with obsessed with like why am I not that good how are they doing this like what And so when I finally stopped obsessing over other people's work, I feel like that's when I grew. And it not only grew my style and work, but it grew my confidence. And that fear kind of goes away. That's interesting. And you just go, 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 go. Yeah. And you pivot and change as need be. Like, I think one thing I'll at least say about myself that I do think I'm good at is like, I keep an intuitive mindset. Like when I feel like something is becoming too much for me, like I hire out someone. Or if I feel like I could be spending a little more time on X, Y, and Z, I change gears. I think 
that's something that you do really well also. And it goes into that being a good business owner, understanding where your business is at every point and every stage and knowing what needs to change or pull back or add on in order to keep going and to be a responsible business owner. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, one thing just popped in my head as you said that, that, you know, in 2018, Mike and I decided to like scale back our team dramatically. Mm. And it kind of happened naturally, but we also made the conscious decision to not begin hiring right away. So it was something where we had to like reset and be like, hey, wait, let's coast for a year, just me and you and see how it feels because they've been going so hard for five years and editing a hundred weddings through the whole crew. Yeah, And taking that break was really, really great for us to like recess and like see our company as a whole. And like, there was a little bit of, what are we doing? It's just us again. It was really weird to feel like it was like an emptiness and like what's going on. But it was so important because we learned so much about ourselves and our company by doing that. And then we learned how to rebuild a whole different way that gave us more freedom. And um, I feel will make our team more successful. Oh, I love that. Last question. This feels like a little philosophical, but I don't know why it felt right to ask you. What does success mean to you? Yeah, I feel like it's always changed, you know, like yeah. over the years. It's one thing when you're first starting out, but right now, to me, success means finding that balance of a feeling financially stable mm-hmm. and creatively stable in my work, but also having some time off. Finding that balance is really, really hard. And it's, you know, all this like work-life balance, but I don't know who actually really knows how to do that. So yeah. <laughs> to, it's like, what is, is that real? Yeah. <laughs> I guess I wanted to, I I don't know. I hadn't asked any other person that, but it's just, it feels surreal talking to you now because when I had started my freelance career, looking at you and your business and just hearing the way you talked to me and to clients. And I remember shadowing you on that wedding and just seeing you like command the crowd and your clients and the level of professionalism you've always held to me that just looked and felt like such a successful, you know, that's how I wanted to run my business. And I think for people who are starting out in this, you are someone that they should be looking towards for business and creative inspiration. So yeah, I think you're very successful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is my confidence, I think, coming through and, you know, like you just have to have to have everybody has to have their own confidence in their own work mm. and that's like what you witnessed at wedding, at mm-hmm. wedding with us is just knowing how to be comfortable with talking to a bunch of strangers and getting what you want out of them and having a good time while you're doing it and being pleasant it really is like being a cheerleader an interesting role um but yeah right now that that success to me means a little bit about a little time off like success to me is not working every single day all year round you know like success is taking a few months off in the winter and chilling out, which is where we are right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast. I am really excited about this. And yeah, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me, girl. I hope I get to see you in Chicago soon. Yes. And for people listening, where can they find yours and Mike's work and all that jazz you can go to ashley's michael photography on instagram 
and then www.shleesmichaelphotography.com for our work. And one thing to also share is that from you to crew, this workshop on building a team that we've taught at many workshops before. I've done one-on-ones. We're going to be recording an online class for it soon because it's necessary. It's gotten to the point where I have to do it. So that's going to be announced soon, definitely on our Instagram and website. Awesome. Thanks, Shalise. You're welcome. Special thanks to Shalise Michael for coming on this week's podcast and be sure to check back in every week. There's new episodes, new guests, new topics. If you guys want to hear something that you're interested in, go ahead, email hello at aliciatova.com. That is hello at aliciatova.com and be sure to hit that subscribe button. See you all next week and be productive. Editing and original music by Camden Stacy and my manager slash producer of the show, Sonia Garlick. Thanks so much for listening all. Stay tuned for more episodes each week and make sure to hit that subscribe button. I'm Alicia Tova and you are listening to The Freelance Hustle.